see aspects like sympathy empathy compassion it's not something that you wear on like a mask for a playback theater performance and you get back to being whatever you are in your life it has to be something that is integral part of your dna part of your system if it's not then you work towards it you know you work towards removing aspects in your life which are not going to help for you Welcome to a new episode of Empathy with Sama and Sharon. This is a space to speak to and learn from people across all different fields, and our goal is to rediscover, empower, and cultivate a culture of empathy in the world. Stay tuned for some amazing insights, learning, and authentic conversation, and we're so glad you can make it here today. Our guest today is Rajesh PI, a theater and wellness coach who has been in the industry for over 25 years and someone I've had the pleasure of working and learning from. His work uses theater as a tool to build teams and help people develop a better version of themselves. Along with acting in multiple commercial films in India, Rajesh is the founder of the Actors Collective, a playback theater group based in Bangalore with the aim to use theater to foster peace amongst people. Rajesh, thank you so much for joining us on Empathy. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, thank you. It's a equally a pleasure to be speaking to both of you. Thanks. So before we dive into the nitty-gritty details, um we understand that you have a lot of experience in theater and in particular playback theater. So just to start us off, could you tell us a little bit more about your work in this area? Uh thank you for asking about playback theater because it's the form that's most uh, closest to my heart. Uh I've been doing theater for almost more than two decades now and uh, I find the playback theater to be a very empathetic form because it deals with real life stories. And the beauty of this form is that to be a good playbacker you need to let go of your own stories. Uh, and in the process of letting go of your own stories uh you are able to you know it's like the cup which is empty you're able to be ready for a new story to emerge from the audience and to play back so if i have stories of trauma or if i have stories that uh, i have of unresolved trauma let me use that word right uh, then it becomes exceedingly difficult for me uh, to do full uh, complete justice to this particular form So over the years uh, uh, I've uh, been an actor I've been a conductor uh, in playback theater I've been an audience uh, I I I I've worn all these shoes and I've loved every bit of it uh, this is one form that I've never gotten bored about you know and I've, I've seen I've listened to uh, hundreds of uh, thousands of stories uh, and uh, it has been a great experience In fact last year so I was heading the uh, South Asian representative of the International Playback Theatre Network this is an international body which oversees playback growth worldwide and what happened was I took this opportunity to bring the IPTN conference it's a once in four year uh, event and I I got I got the opportunity to bring it to Bangalore and we uh, collaborated with Christ University where it was uh, held it was an amazing experience because we had representatives from more than 46 countries and it was such a diverse pool of uh, playback uh, delegates who arrived there and it was a huge huge experience in fact i think 6 uh, months 10 months i don't know yeah 
down the line, I'm still recovering from that experience. So that has been my playback career journey. Of course, now I'm not associated uh, with IPT in that context. I, after that, it's a two-year period, and after that, I resigned, and I'm exclusively focusing on the playback growth and other theatre growth uh, of my theatre group. Mm. And we both know that you have founded um, a playback theatre group called the Actors Collective, and as you mentioned, like all your past experiences in playback theatre and the different roles that you played, um, what was the inspiration behind starting the Actors Collective for you? The experience has been phenomenal because what I have done and what the Actors Collective is doing is that we are the only theatre group which has created a support, an enduring support system for anybody who's trained with us. Uh, they become part of our activities, our rehearsals. We have a very active uh, rehearsal process and uh, 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 people get a chance to grow. See, playback is something that you, know, you put in effort and little by little by little, you're shedding your inhibitions, you're becoming in tune with yourself. You're becoming a better person, so to speak, this personal transformation. You are better at receiving stories. See, aspects like sympathy, empathy, compassion, uh, it's, it's not something that you wear on like a mask for a playback theater performance. And you get back to being whatever you are in your life. It is something integral. It has to be something that is integral, part of your DNA, part of your system. If it's not, then you work towards it. You know, you work towards removing aspects in your life which are uh, not going to help for you. So this journey has been very fascinating. And because I had the support of a large team of very passionate playbackers, our community, uh, the age group in our community is from 16, one six to about 60 plus. So we have lots of people from different backgrounds. With their support, I was able to organize the, the international conference I was telling you about. So they provide me the space to dream big because I know they've got my back, you know. So that, that, that has been my experience with the Actors Collective. I think something that's really admirable is that the ultimate mission of the Actors Collective is to foster this sense of peace, sensitivity and love amongst fellow human beings that you speak really highly of. And I think the idea of you requiring people to sort of shed this undissolved trauma that they have in order to really incorporate themselves into this entire playback process is something, it's, it's a learning process for everyone. And how do you manage to encourage people and to have them achieve this shedding of undissolved trauma throughout playback theater and motivate people to work towards this goal? So what is happening is, one is playback theater in, in itself as a form is very supportive and creates the environment for people to be able to share their stories. But in addition, I also conduct a series of workshops called Letting Go, Nourishing the Inner Gift and uh, Celebrating You. It's called the Celebrating You series. And the basic fundamental aspect about that is, so when I ask a question, would you celebrate you? The first question most people is like, what? What are you saying? Uh, would you celebrate your journey? But what is there to celebrate? And suddenly the person becomes very small, very tiny. Because celebrate is such a big word to be added as a label to one's own journey. How does that one do that? And then the point emerges that you are worthy of celebration. Mm. Right? Your life is a work in celebration. Nature is in celebration all the time. It's we human beings who are disconnected. So this training process looks in terms of people looking with inwards and saying, okay, what is it that's stopping me from celebrating my journey? What is it stopping me from owning my journey? What is that stopping me from dreaming my own journey? 
what aspects of it am I uncomfortable about? What aspects of it am I comfortable? With? Uh, what can I do about the aspects which I'm uncomfortable about? You know, yeah. How can I make peace with it? Can I remove them? Or, or, or if they are part of my life in such a manner, um, could be a toxic parent, relative, X, Y, Z, which I cannot remove just like that. So then how can I do with that? And especially even if those, these questions arise, people really uh, understand that, that for themselves. And, they, and that itself, is, I think, is the beginning of a journey. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that you talked about the whole celebrating you workshop because yeah. you know, it's so easy to put somebody else on a pedestal, but when it comes to yourself, yeah. it's you're suddenly small and yeah. you know you you look at yourself like that. Yeah. So, could you tell how whether it's in these workshops that you do or even in playback, how do you use empathy as a tool towards yourself and with other people? First of all, before teaching or conducting a workshop, one needs to practice in one its own life, right? And that and that's a lesson that we need more of it. There is never like, oh, he's there is too much empathy in his life. <laughs> that can never happen. Um, yeah. it's, it's a it's, it's a <laughs> it's a work in progress. So I'm constantly applying. And what I do is when when I'm conducting a workshop and if I'm teaching some theories, I try to see that. All of them are stuff that I have practiced in my own life. Only take, I or any teacher, any guide, any leader can only take the, the student to the point where that person has crossed. If I haven't made those, those, those uh, changes within myself, I cannot expect to take them over something else. So that journey begins uh, with myself. With playback theater, let me say, it just happened. This journey just happened. You know, it's also the universe was conspiring every place. And I just followed my intuition. And now when I look back, I see, oh, it's such a beautiful journey. Especially now in a world which where uh, we are in a COVID world, we are with this, so much of disconnect. It has become more necessary for these qualities to emerge for ourselves, for the larger world. Because if we don't learn these lessons, then they're really going to be uh, in a very difficult position. Because this is just the beginning, you know. If something like this can happen, this is like, a, what is this? This is like a horror movie, straight from a horror movie. Uh, two years ago, five years ago, somebody said, we're going to make a movie like the rubbish, banish your homes. You would say, what rubbish? <laughs> Never going to happen. And it's happening before our eyes. So all the more necessary for positivity to emerge. Yeah. And when I say positivity, empathy and compassion. Why empathy and compassion? Because he... Positivity, a positive approach is tinged with the shadow. Oh, I am a good person and I have to be good, right? Yeah. But somewhere in the being good, the reality is, is submerged. Because I can't be a good person all the time. Yeah. So I have to make peace with my shadow. What is my shadow? My shadow says I want to be grumpy now. Fair enough. But empathy comes from a deeper truth. Empathy is not bound by the good syndrome. Empathy is a natural thing. A, a cat gets stuck uh, in the grill outside my home. I'm in the shower and my mother hears the, the maid next door comes running and says, yeah, this is happening. So my mother comes and shouts at me uh, uh, from outside and says, you know what, there's a cat uh, stuck over there. Can you do some Reiki? So I'm a Reiki practitioner. It's a healing thing. I say, yeah, done. I'm doing Reiki. Okay. And I wish I, would, I could be there, but it'll take me another 10 minutes before I can get out. And then suddenly my mother feels that she says, no, I can't just sit and wait here for him to come. Every moment is precious. And she goes there and the maid says, it might bite you, careful. And this cat is stuck. It's 
its hind legs are actually paralyzed. It cannot move, which is why it's stuck, you know, and it's crying out. And she goes there and she helps this. She says, okay, I'll help you. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. She says this, and the cat understands that language. Mm. That is not the good person syndrome. It is empathy. Yeah. It is compassion, and animals understand. They know that this person has come to help me, and I'm not going to bite this. I I trust this person. In that split second, nothing has been communicated. Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk about that because when we think about empathy, we think it's just towards our people, but you can be empathetic towards literally anything or anyone. Yeah. Following up on that, do you think that empathy can be taught? I think it can. And I think it needs to be taught in schools in a very big way. So I, I have a program called Theatre and Education in Schools. We conduct a theatre workshops, a team of us, go to these schools and work with these children. And we put up a, a, a short uh, theatre presentation. The focus is not the presentation, the focus is on them learning skills. So usually the themes that I, I, I create over there are, are themes with empathy, compassion. Okay. So one particular place spoke about how wisdom and being clever is overrated. Uh, it's fine, but be compassionate. But, but what happens in school, what, what is the general narrative? Oh, he's a very clever boy. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Because you can measure clever, being clever. He's done this, 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 this. He scored so much. Empathy and compassion. That is nothing. Tell me any way you can recall that you cannot. But that is what makes, that is probably the, 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 the oil in the machinery of life. Yeah. Right? Thank you for sharing these lovely yeah. anecdotes <laughs> about, you know, things, things that are happening every day yeah. around us, which we might not notice. Yeah, so just yeah, yeah. to sort of come back to um, the Actors Collective. Yes. So you've talked about how acting is an empathetic profession. You know, yeah. we, we know that we hear people talking about how a person needs to put themselves yeah. into a character's shoes. But with playback, it's a little different because there's a live audience and you talked about how playback theater is about letting go of stories, but that's from an audience's perspective. Yeah. But from an actor's perspective, which is you, have you faced any challenges when reenacting these stories? And is there anything you can share? There, there are very many challenges. Sometimes what happens is, uh, I do remember a TEDx performance and uh, the cameras were on because being filmed. So normally playback theater, we don't film it. We don't record it keeping in mind the privacy of the teller. So here what happened was, it, it was a jam-packed auditorium. And they said, uh, if you can make it perfect. Okay, what do you mean by perfect? Okay, because it's all, it's an improvised performance. Uh, and in all earnestness, they wanted to make a good video out of that. And one teller came and shared a very powerful story about gender. So he said about how he was not accepted by his parents, his family, when they discovered that he was gay. To, to the extent that he was given electric shocks, uh, you know. And as this boy, uh, 18, 19 years old, and he had the courage to share, I mean, hats off to him in that uh, space. And that performance, look at goosebumps. It was so powerful because here there were two multiple things happening. The actors had to perform back his story, keeping in mind uh, his courage's story because the story of triumph against all odds. So we had to honor his story one. And on the second, on the other hand, we also had to ensure that there was a perfection in the performance. 
Another challenging moment that happened to me was once. Uh, so in India, we celebrate uh, Sharon. We celebrate these festivals in a magnitude that is unimaginable. Mm. I'm sure in Hong Kong, and Asia especially, the festivals are all celebrated in a very big manner, right? Yeah, uh, like Chinese Blau. New Year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, the Chinese New Year. So here we have the Ganesha Festival. So Sama, you are aware of Lahe Lahe, right? Where we yeah. perform. And right downstairs, there was this huge procession at the time of our performance. And the, how this procession moves is that they move very slowly, like an elephant making its way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they pause and they burst crackers and loud filmy music and all of that. And here we were having an intimate performance. The first thing I did was I said, we are not charging you a penny for this performance. You are going to get back your ticket money, each one of you. Um, but since you are here, since we are here, we are going to go ahead with the performance. I don't know what this performance is, how this performance is going to be. And they could barely hear me, okay? And I said, I don't know how it's going to be, but we will try. We will see what we can do. I'm sorry if we fail you, okay? With folded hands. And the audience was such an understanding lot. I said, I understand if you want to leave right now, but they stayed put. And something very magical happened. You know, I felt like as if I was like finding my inner Ganesha or my inner <laughs> whatever. Because it was a very psychic experience. I perform as a musician. Yeah, it was a tight performance. And the feedback we received was the audience said, yes, there were crackers going on everywhere. There was stuff going on. But we were just tuned into you and your team. And nothing else mattered. It was so amazing. Wow. So, so that is also uh, one of the experiences that I can think of. Thank you for sharing all of those experiences. I'm sure we've, we've learned a lot just listening to it. So I can't imagine how much yeah. you guys would have learned. Yeah. Now, actually moving on from the Actors Collective to your personal acting journey, as you mentioned earlier, we know you've had experience as an actor working in various commercial films in India. Um, how do you feel that this type of sort of on-film set type of acting differs from the theatrical playback acting? Uh, oh, very many ways because uh, each medium requires uh, a style to suit that. For example, now we have theatre on Zoom and that's very different from the uh, playback theatre which we do outside because there's a need for the actor to adapt to this, to this rectangular box. When it comes to theatre, theatre there is a requirement for uh, the actors to uh, express a certain heightenedness of uh, emotions. I, I won't use the word exaggeration. Exaggeration gives the, the connotation that something has gone beyond a certain what is appropriate. Because in theatre it's appropriate, it's necessary. So uh, that would be very loud for the camera. Mm -hmm. And I learned it the hard way because there, there's no... Uh, I did not go to, a, 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 to a, any... Uh, when I went into my first movie, I wasn't trained in acting for the camera. And I realized that uh, the camera is able to absorb information, visual information, and magnify it. A frown, a slight a twitch has a, a deeper connotation, deeper meaning uh, on the screen. So therefore, the acting has to be subtle. So it's a very interesting, very uh, journey. But, that, but that's the essential difference, uh, Sharon, mm -hmm. between uh, stage acting and the, the camera. Yeah, and I also think that the scripted versus non-scripted nature of 
um, the two different forms. I'm sure it also contributes to like the different ways you have to approach these two styles of acting. In terms of adapt adaptability. Um, and on the topic of empathy itself, do you think that it is manifested and applied differently in these two forms of acting? Definitely, because there are two schools of thought that, I, that I've seen. And one context, one, context uh, one school of thought is that it doesn't matter who you are as a person. Don't take acting seriously. You can be whatever you are, and that's fine. I, I, and you can also be a great actor. And some of the best actors I've seen follow this motto uh, scrupulously. And a lot of people uh, do it. And there's another school of thought which says that if you work on yourself as a human being, the essence of that you is more richer and deeper. And that brings about a certain quality in your acting. That, because you are the raw material. Mm -hmm. So if you, if, you, if you have a sugarcane juice or if you have a particular a fruit juice, the fruit is a raw material. In this case, you are the raw material. So working on yourself helps create better quality, better authenticity in work. But the, the other school of thought, this is that approach. For them, they say, no, it doesn't matter. And they say, look at all these actors. And we can list out a whole lot of actors uh, who follow that. And they were extremely successful. Their acting is not tainted by anything. They may be anything in their personal lives, but they are brilliant on screen. But somehow, following the latter, to be a better actor and to bring, uh, I feel it is essential for the actor to be a better human being. Well, following that second school of thought, what kind of advice would you give younger adults or people looking to join into this acting profession to sort of build on themselves and from the perspective of empathy and compassion in order to be a fuller version of that raw material they're trying to present um, through their acting? I think fundamentally, thank you for asking these uh, very amazing questions. I'm very impressed by the questions both of you have been shooting <laughs> because it really is contributing to this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think fundamentally of, to what you just asked Sharon, uh, the first thing, like the ABC for the child learning the English language, uh, I would say uh, is something called grounding or connection to the earth or a sense of balance within oneself. Okay. And there are a set of exercises for that uh, where one deals with nature, one is uh, with nature, one connects to nature, one connects to oneself at a very basic level. So, so that connection is essential for anything else to happen. So if you notice, literally actors live in ivory towers, right? We live in our imaginations. We are like lost over there. And that happens when there is no grounding. But here what happens is when, you, when, when they are taught, nobody teaches this, okay? Nobody teaches this. This I have garnered from multiple other experiences. So that the idea is for the actor to feel grounded, to see like, yeah, I see myself I feel myself, I hear myself, and I see what's around me. It's a very fundamental learning. Everything else, the acting technique, the grammar, the, 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 the vocabulary, the skill sets, everything is secondary. So in my training, so this is a workshop that I, I hope to conduct this year. It is, it's called the Actor's Toolbox. I'm hoping that the actor will be able to work with his or her emotions, work from the, the inner context, you know. When I make peace with myself, then I blossom. To answer your question, yeah, so grounding would be the, the first step of it. 
and then to integrate the other aspects within myself like i ask a basic question and again a lot of these exercises have not come from a logical space okay it's come from an intuitive space i said let's uh, not a question i said let's do the exercise and this was exercise called honoring the actor within so they had all had to sort of meditate and to and to see them in the reflection acknowledge that actor it was very difficult for people yeah oh my god you've not honored and that's such a basic question you've not acknowledged and one particular gentleman one of the senior actors in my group he is also a professor in a college and he said after this exercise when i was invited by other institutions to conduct phd uh, lectures phd lectures what i would do is in my cv i made a clear mention i had i am a playback theater actor with the actors collect he said till then he didn't have the guts to put it on a cv and no i think that this whole idea of grounding that you talk about is a very beautiful thing because i think that links also into human nature and just people being in tune with their own emotions and being brave enough to reconcile with their struggles and challenges that they might be scared to accept and the way you described it it really provides a safe space for people to just let go and be themselves absolutely Well moving on to um another topic which is about the associate director role you have taken for the first ever film to be directed on Skype. So I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that whole virtual experience for you and perhaps contrast your regular actor role against this new position and in these new circumstances and whether that has informed perhaps what empathy means to you on a film set. Oh thank you for asking that question. Uh, so this is not a current role this is something that happened in 2015 uh, and i'm no more associated with that that project mm. is done with but what is interesting was it was a kannada film kannada is a language spoken in karnataka in south india it was titled road king and what is interesting was there was this gentleman from uh, hollywood called randy kent and he was supposed to come to india he was a friend of uh, the lead actor of this movie his name is uh, mathin randy kent was supposed to come to india to uh, direct this film but for some reason his visa was not uh, approved or there was some delay or something like that and they had to shoot immediately and then mathin hit up on this idea he said why don't we do this on skype so in 2015 skype was the only uh, service provider <laughs> in this particular domain and it was quite a brave thing to do then i started off by training their team of actors and randy uh, came virtually and spoke to me a couple of times and then randy really liked me a lot He said, "I really, I'm very comfortable with Rajesh, and I like the way he thinks." So this project started off, and we start shooting, and we were facing a lot of challenges. Like the cinematographer had no idea about the kind of thinking Randy had. Randy was another generation; he had his view of cinema was very different, and I, I, it was left to me to communicate to him. So we, in fact, I think had a change in cinematographers. But anyhow, to cut a long story short, the, we went through a very intense process. It was it really took every ounce of energy, and through all of this, I was really touched by Randy's compassion and empathy. As a director, it must have been excruciatingly uh, frustrating for him. But here, this man was just patient, and I, and I was like, if he, who is the director of this project, can be so empathetic and so patient. then i had no reason to lose my temper because i was close to uh, on the verge of uh, losing my temper on multiple occasions because things were not going well it was like, very frustrating and then uh, yeah. of course the skype calls would get uh, we would have issues with it but because of that because of this man who led from the hell the the the, the, the wonderful human being he was we were able to shoot the entire i was there only for the first uh, schedule 
the first schedule is where we did about 60 to 65% of the film, but uh, it never really saw the light of day. Although at that point of time, I do remember that we had media from around the world calling us from the college times to the New York times, the Washington post to newspapers in uh, Asia. It was amazing. I just really learned one thing about that particular experience was that when you do something, you need to just complete it. It doesn't matter how it is. If you are a trendsetter, if you are a path breaker, if you're doing something new, like what you're doing right now, this thing, just complete. Don't get so absorbed in it. Like, don't get lost in this uh, journey of perfection because you will lose out. But that's what happened this project. Because they said, no, this has to be this. We have to get the right thing. This is... No, all it needed was for it to be released. Yeah. If we had released it, we had just gone ahead and just released it, we, we would have got even more publicity. It didn't matter if it was bogus, but what mattered was people had got together and made it happen. And it was possible. Because before that, the only film where only one scene was shot like that was uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, where yeah. uh, one scene, not the entire film, just one scene in Planet of the Apes was shot uh, for the director operating from a remote location. Today, of course, it's part and parcel. Thanks to Zoom, what is happening now? People are sitting in a remote location directing movies. Yeah, that's really unfortunate that it didn't get released. But you talked about Randy's patience and his yes. nature. And yeah. you also talked about how emotional management is so important in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. theater. Um emotions inevitably affect your relationships with other people, yeah. your emotions. And and the work that you do involves working with groups of people and yeah. different teams, whether it's yeah. playback, whether it's on a film yeah. set, like you yeah. said. So yeah. surely there's this need for an understanding amongst people yeah. and a collaborative spirit. Yes. So is there is there a technique or anything that you use to create this collaborative spirit amongst your yeah. group? So what happens is uh, I get called to... Uh, train actors and that training actually involves them to work together so i did a movie called last bus and in that movie i acted as well and i it is a kind of film and what i did was i trained that group of actors because of that training i'm focusing on bonding empathy connections we were able to work as a team during that entire project because a, a film set can be a very political space you know, can be a very disconnected space. And I've seen sets where people don't know each other. People don't. Some of them are sitting in the high horses and caravans. And, but then what about the project? Your project suffers. See, everybody needs help. It doesn't matter whether you've done 60 years of theater or 60 years of acting or you've done one year. Everybody needs help and support. You can have your good days. You can have your bad days. And especially in a space like that, it's very essential for the team to be together. And to help each other. It's not a competition, you know, yeah. because if you, if, if we are acting as three of us are acting in a movie, it is essential that both of you are doing equally well like me, or I am doing equally well as both of you. Yeah. You know? Because if, if either of us are failing in some way, falling in some way, then it's a matter of concern for the end product. Yeah. Is there, you know, is there an experience that you remember where there was a sort of imbalance and then there was a technique that or someone that used something to bring back the equilibrium? See, when usually when there is an imbalance, there's nothing that can be done because uh, it actually is, especially in the movie set, it's pure business. And it's a question of time. People have to finish the shoot. So either you can call and have a quick chat, it's a boss sort this out. 
So for instance, I use this technique uh, with college students. So there is uh, the, the mass communications department in Christ University. So for their first year students, the beginning of the year, what I do is I conduct a one and a half day workshop, a theater workshop. And that theater workshop is focused on bonding, getting to know each other, work with each other as a team, creating together as a team. A very uh, visionary priest called uh, Father Biju heads that particular department. He noticed that thanks to this particular intervention, the beginning of the year, this group of 60, 70 students, they have displayed tremendous amount of unity for the next two years. Oh, wow. Now for a course that can be so stressful because of the commitment and all of that, there are moments you can break, but the group work like a team. They support each other. This year we did it on Zoom. So we're okay. waiting to see the, the results. Yeah, It's amazing how one and a half day can impact two years of your Ab- absolutely. bond. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. So I think we've touched a lot about empathy in terms of your professional life, which has been very fascinating to learn about. I just want to take a pause on that and understand what does empathy mean to you on a more day-to-day and personal basis and whether perhaps how you perceive empathy in your professional life has influenced or impacted the way you see it in your personal life. Yeah, like I said, for anything to translate into the real world outside, uh, it must first resonate within. When I got into my 40s, uh, about 10 years, uh, six, seven years ago, I I, I learned Reiki. So Reiki is a a healing uh, tech originated in Japan. Through practicing it, I was able to build in a deeper connection with myself. So different things work for different people. Some, for some people, it might be a trip to the Himalayas to connect to oneself. For me, it was Reiki. As a result, what happened was I felt compelled to looking at myself in a way that I had not done earlier. So I I have, I've had a massive anger issue. Okay? So earlier in the theater, people would remember me for my anger. And this anger was only prevalent in the theater. Now, of course, I'm a much transformed man. <laughs> so I will tell you this example, this experience that happened to me. Once, uh, when, about 15, 16 years ago. So I was in Christ then, the theater group that I was part of earlier, which I had co-founded earlier. We were running the theater and education department over there. And we were doing a play. And there were two young students sitting over there, a boy and a girl sitting over there. And some of these actors were struggling to get their act right. And they were giggling over there, they were passing comments. It's a very small thing. But I lost, I lost, I was furious. I sat next to them and I gave them the shelling of their life. And it was very brutal the way I said it. And it was in the end that when I to ask them, I realized that they were actually part of the backstage team. Now I had not realized, okay, if I had known this beforehand, I would have told them in another way. I would say, hey, come on, guys, you can't laugh at your own team. And they would have got the message. Mm -hmm. But what I did was unnecessary. And to be honest, very cruel. But for me, it was very easy for me to be that person then. I came back home that night. I had the most acute stomach pain I can't imagine. And in my mind, I could see the image of these two students looking at me. And I was, I didn't know, it's an unexplainable pain. And in my mind, I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, and I kept repeating, I kept repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've never experienced this pain before that, nor after that, okay? And after about 45 minutes, this pain vanished. I just realized that everything is energy. What am I communicating? 
If I'm communicating hate, it's going to come back to me. I need to be empathetic. If I expect the world to be empathetic to me, I need to give. And then that was the turning point. So, the, so, so it's a process. It's a journey. You, we never say that we reach the end of the journey. It's a constant. And as I go deeper and deeper into my journey, I realize that, okay, I need to be kind. Okay, what do I let go? It's like a hike. You say, okay, fine, let me go on this trail. And then the trail throws up possibilities. Oh, you're getting cherries. Oh, interesting. Oh, this is happening. Oh, it's steep here. It's, oh, oh, I need to go down. Okay, fine. I can't abandon that journey. I don't want to. Thank you for sharing that very important life lesson because I think when people start to really understand this idea of reciprocity and that how you treat others is how others will treat you and what you put out into the world is what you receive, the world would become a much more harmonious and more just, think, I think, a peaceful place um, yeah. to live and be in. And just really quickly, Sharon, just sorry to interrupt you, but just the fact that you were able to even have that reflection, because not a lot of people can can even be in that space where they admit that they were wrong. So I think even just being reflective and being aware of something you did that might have hurt others is an insanely empathetic move in itself. So yeah, yeah I, I can't I forget that stomach pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. I don't want it again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in terms of now having spoken both about your personal and professional experiences with empathy itself, taking a bigger step back and just looking at empathy in the acting and theater sphere today, what do you think people can do inside and outside this sphere to continue building and cultivating this culture of empathy that exists today? What comes to mind when you ask that question is to basically look, look at the examples around us. Because already I can see a lot of it happening. I can see one particular theater group actually involved in collecting uh, money and uh, ensuring that uh, the poor and underprivileged get grocery uh, during this period of time, provisions during this time. So amazing act of empathy. It's a question of just looking around and saying, who's making the difference? You know, Because now what's happening is, it's no more us, it's beyond us. You know, There's a larger good that's happening, there's a larger evil that's happening. So it's all about alignment and saying that, where do I want to align? What can I do? And that sense of realization, I think, should happen. Is it happening uh, to the extent that is necessary? No idea. Uh, I don't have the data to support that. But if somebody like you is coming like this and saying, we want to do a podcast on empathy and compassion, that's huge. So I think it's a process because if we don't learn it quickly, uh, we'll be forced to learn. That's it. Yeah. And a lot of our audience are, you know, probably going to be university students, graduates, and people that are interested in what you're talking about. So are there any values um, that they must understand or embrace to succeed and thrive in the theater sphere? And is there any advice you can give us and them? See, I feel the theater is a reflection of life. <laughs> Number one, get off social media. Uh, in the sense that if you're trolling somebody, stop it. <laughs> That's a pathetic life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're harassing somebody, if you are you know, doing any of that, get off social media. If you're following news that impinge on other people's sovereignty, that, that are hurtful, get off. Stop watching the news. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think that kind of these detoxification is absolutely necessary. So uh, at this, at the risk of sounding ignorant, so because there's so much of drama happening, I think the drama should be in the theater. So my advice to is let go of the drama in life. You don't need it. Adopt a more simpler thing. Go within yourself. and really and this is something that i think is essential today and today when people are taking sides and stands and saying if you are not here uh, if you are uh, if you are not taking the stand then you are not with us or you are against us how can that be we don't live in in such a polarized world yeah. that's not that's not how the world works so and that is what i oh, thank god you asked me this question this very important aspect of neutrality mm. what is neutrality neutrality most people think is a safe position but that's not the true meaning of neutrality i have to i have understood that it is basically the space it, it gives me to look at an issue from a 360 de- 360 degree per perspective and understand it fully and make an informed decision whether i like it or not i'm yeah. not judged by this barrage of information on social media or any, anywhere else and it's not about taking or wanting sides i still will take sides but the neutrality emerges from that space wherein just because you are in this color i'm not going to beat you down or because you are this color i'm not going to raise you to the, to the skies to see the good and the bad and the bad and the good you you understand what i'm trying to say yeah so everything has there are possibilities life is in motion perpetually and for me i learned about neutrality from a personal experience it might be a little political but it's okay i think people should know so i was hosting the iptn con- conference right i was the coordinator for the international playback theater network conference in india we have a right wing government now i was anti right wing and my social media was all about pro anybody who was anti so uh, so so i was more pro left the moment i bid for the conference my team and i we bid for the conference and we got it i just hit me that my god you have to be very careful about what you put on social media because i cannot be endorsing all of these things because i am the face of this conference at this point of time and tomorrow i don't want this conference to be tainted with a label which says that oh, you know what this is a left pro left event that is not true playback theater is universal your story and his story are both equally important you have a right to share it and that person also has a right to share it so what i did was uh, i deleted all these uh, posts i went on a massive cleansing spree and then i became a closet supporter but because of this forced thing over a period of time i began to observe a transformation in me i began to see things a little differently when people said hey you know what that's happening let's raise the, 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 the let's raise the protest i i felt like this slowing down saying what exactly is the issue here i reached a point where i didn't see a difference between the far right and the far left i found that they were both uh, the fuel for both of them was prejudice i said i don't want to be prejudiced why should i be prejudiced why should i buy into anger and then i realized that there were pluses and minuses in both parties i really began to make an informed decision and then i stumbled into this world of neutrality because neutrality gave me strength neutrality gave me individuality neutrality said in my own space and time not because you are in a hurry to pass judgment i will uh, research this so i began searching for independent writers you know news media which is which is sort of unbiased and that's one thing i realized that we've really given our brains away to this 
whose thoughts are, are you know are we thinking am i thinking somebody else's thoughts so that's what happened to me that's yeah thank you for sharing that because that really ties in very well with the whole idea of balance because yeah. neutrality and being balanced is yeah. very similar and so thank you for all of that <laughs> wisdom and all these insights <laughs> um finally rajesh we we just wanted to ask you if anybody wants to get in touch with you how can they reach out to you uh they can contact me uh, on the actorscollective.blr@gmail.com that's the actors collective group or my personal id arts.arts.pi@gmail.com perfect thank you so much for this lovely conversation no i loved it too i mean this is amazing sharin thank you so much samas thank you so much amazing questions you guys are going places <laughs> you don't know it yet i just yeah. felt like like i felt like i was being taken on a sort of spiritual life journey <laughs> yeah. and walking out of this past hour with a whole new perspective on life and how to approach different situations so really thank you for that so many things you said that that i can, i find quotable and i'm going to re-listen to this and just put <laughs> write them down you know <laughs> on your wall yeah, <laughs> on my wall <laughs> so thank yeah. you for thank you thank you to do this as well it really yeah. means a lot i i didn't even have to think twice sama because what you were sharing was amazing and like i said this is big guys go for it <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you have gained as much insight and value as we have. If you enjoy listening to our conversations and resonate with our vision, please subscribe to our podcasting platforms, leave us a review and follow our social media. We have a lot of exciting content coming your way and can't wait to build this community together.